Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to the 58th episode of What the Wealth. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, certified financial planner, co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners in Knoxville, Tennessee, and owner of What the Wealth. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. We're trying to put out lots of information around personal finance, financial planning, and how money impacts you. Today, we're going to talk about what is a reverse mortgage. We don't deal with a lot of reverse mortgages. But lately, I've had a couple of clients that have come to me that have either asked about a reverse mortgage or already had a reverse mortgage. And so that kind of led me to this podcast, trying to help people better understand what a reverse mortgage is and how and why people use it. Now, a reverse mortgage is a, a loan for homeowners age 62 and up that usually have quite a bit of equity in their home, usually 50% or more. And that is based off the home's current value. Whether it's a house, condo, townhouse, homes built after June 15th, 1976 may be eligible. So something to just kind of think about as we just start to get started in this, what is a reverse mortgage world is got to be 62 years or older. It might make sense for those that have 50% or more in equity in their home based on current value. I am not an expert in reverse mortgages. What I'm just trying to do is just provide some of those high levels. So I just want to make sure that I'm really clear on this. Uh, And again, if you have a house, condo, townhouse, even manufactured homes count, they just have to be built on or after June 15th, 1976. What's unique about these is instead of the homeowner making payments to the lender, like a traditional mortgage would be, the lender is making payments to the homeowner. So what you see is retirees might be using this as a form of cashing in some of their equity and turning it into an income stream so that they can stay in their home longer capture that equity and use it to pay for some of their current needs and expenses. This money can be received lump sum, it can be a fixed monthly payment, or it can be a line of credit. All of these uh, options are available, depends on who you utilize, I would assume. And you might want to just kind of think with your, your tax advisor, your legal counsel, your CPA, your advisor on how you know these different models would be impactful or beneficial to you. I want to make sure that people that listen to this that are clients of mine uh, know, and I don't know about other firms, but it it might be easy to think about, well, I could get a reverse mortgage, I could give it to Jonathan to invest, and then, you know, maybe make way more money. I don't know. Number one, I have no idea what the future market's going to do. I can't guarantee that. Number two, I can't take any investment monies that I know are from a reverse mortgage. So I just want to make sure that I'm clear. I am not advocating someone do this as a way to take those proceeds and invest that. Um, I would not feel comfortable doing that at all. 
the um, interest is rolled into the loan balance. So the homeowner pays nothing up front. There are some fees and expenses, and that can get costly when you're actually originally setting up this reverse mortgage. Over the life of this loan, as this money is being paid to you, whether it's up front on a monthly basis, line of credit, what you're going to see is the, the debt increase because now you've taken that money and you've used it somewhere else. So you owe more on your home. And so your debt increases, your home equity decreases. When you move permanently, whether you sell the house, house, pass away, the home goes up for sale and the proceeds go to the lender to pay the reverse mortgage principal and interest and any insurance and fees that came along with it. Heirs could opt to pay off the mortgage and keep the home if that's what they wanted, but they would have to pay back those full interest fees, principal, and any mortgage insurance that may have been required for this reverse mortgage when it was initially set up. Under federal regulations, the loan amount can't exceed the home's value. So if it does because of a drop in the home's value or the homeowner lives longer than expected, they or the estate isn't responsible for paying the lender the difference as the program um, has mortgage insurance. So if someone has lived longer and they've exceeded the equity then and then later pass away, then they are not required to pay that difference. That's part of the, the risk. And that's part of the reason why the mortgage insurance is required to help offset if you're underwater on this home value. Reverse mortgage proceeds are not taxed. The IRS considers the money to be a loan in advance. So the proceeds that you get would be tax-free and it would be a loan that you're repaying at your death. Now, one of the tricky things to consider about these reverse mortgages, especially for people as, as couples, if you move out of your house, or let's just say someone has a reverse mortgage, they move out of their house and they move into a assisted living facility, then that will trigger a, a life event that would cause this note to come due. So you're going to want to check carefully around uh, the rules and regulations that the, that the mortgage company, the loaner, the reverse mortgage company has in place around what happens if I move out, if you're a single person, or what happens if my, you know, my spouse moves out, but I stay in the home? How do you handle that? Uh, would that make this loan be uh, immediately due? Uh, and that can happen even if you are moving into an assisted living or moving into maybe a child's house for there to care for you more directly. Things to think about as you ponder what is a reverse mortgage and it doesn't make sense for you. Now, the fees, fees that borrowers pay, there's an origination fee. There's usually upfront mortgage insurance premium. There's a standard closing cost that you would get. There's a ongoing mortgage insurance premiums, loan servicing fees, potentially in some cases, interest on the loan, and then homeowners must continue to pay the property taxes, homeowners insurance, and any HOA fees if those are applicable for your neighborhood. If you are getting an, a reverse mortgage, the HUD requires prospective 
reverse mortgage borrowers to attend a HUD-approved counseling course lasting around 90 minutes and costing about 125. So what the government is requiring is if you do this, that you must at least sit through a course in the class to talk about, does this make sense? Exactly how does this work? This is a great way to have to be able to sit down and talk with someone that is an expert in this, that's a counselor in this to determine again, how does this actually work? So what I would do is make sure that you've got a pen and paper where you can write down these questions and you can take them to someone in advance. And before you do anything, I would then go back and maybe talk with some of your trusted legal or tax or or financial advisors just to get second opinion. Make sure that you haven't missed any questions that you would like to uh, to make sure that you cover before you move forward with a process like this. Uh, a lot of times in those meetings, any meeting, you know, you've got all these questions, you get to the meeting and it's just like a, you draw a blank. And so what I recommend is get a legal pad, write down these questions. Question one is this. Question two is that. Question three is this. Make sure you take that with you, jot notes down on it, scribble, draw pictures, whatever you have to do to jog your memory. So when you leave, you've got something that you can go back and reference to. Always make sure that you sleep on it. Do not sign the papers immediately. Make sure when you're thinking about a decision like this, that you're sleeping on it and that you're getting advice of other trusted counsel regarding what's the best next step for you. How much can you borrow? Depends on the lender and how you choose to receive the payment. You can't borrow more than 100% of the home's worth or even close to it. Part of your equity must be used to pay the expenses of the loan. So the loan amount is based on your age of the youngest borrower. So if there's a husband that's 82 and a wife that's 75, the loan amount is going to be based on the 75-year-old. So they base it off of the youngest borrower. The lower the mortgage rate is, the more you can borrow. Makes sense. And then the higher the appraised value, the more you can borrow. That also makes sense. Rates are low. You, You should probably have more equity. You could borrow more. If your appraisal comes in really high, you have more equity, you should be able to borrow more. Let's talk about some pros and cons. Pros, you don't have to move to a cheaper home if facing financial trouble. This can provide you extra cash flow if things are tight. You're capturing equity in your home and you're turning that into current cash flow on a monthly basis, most likely. So that's one pro. The second pro is the money's not taxed, it's considered a loan in advance that you're going to be repaying back at some point in the future. Amount of the debt can never exceed the home's value. So the lender can't make a claim against you, your other assets, or your estate. So if if interest accrues and you live longer than expected, or when, when you go to sell the house, uh, it's not valued at what you you know what it was when it, you know, the, the reverse mortgage was initially done. The lender cannot come after other assets and make a claim against those assets or the estate. So you have you have that clause in there just to kind of help you as well. And then again, heirs can opt to pay off the loan 
uh, and the mortgage if they wish to keep the home, but they would be paying off the loan balance, the interest, the you know the principal, the mortgage insurance, all of the the fees, all of that in order to keep to keep the loan. Let's talk about cons. There are a lot of fees involved. You cannot deduct the interest on a reverse mortgage as you could on mortgage interest. So the interest on this is not deductible like a primary mortgage is. So that's something to really consider about as you think about does a reverse mortgage make sense. A reverse mortgage can mean you violate asset restrictions for the Medicaid and and Social Security uh, program. So thinking about how these impact your Medicaid, Social Security, Social Security disability, those sort of programs, I mean, those are backbones in society and, and a lot of people rely on those. So you don't want to just make a decision off the whim back to that legal pad that you've written questions down. You need to take that back to someone that specializes in Medicaid and Social Security disability and your attorney, a, a financial advisor, a CPA, someone where you can bounce some questions off and not shoot from the hip here because it does have and can have uh, an impact on those additional benefits that you may get from the federal government. Foreclosure is possible if you violate the terms of the reverse mortgage, um, including not keeping the home in good repair, leaving the home to move into a long-term care facility, or with a relative in the event of an illness or injury. So this is what I mentioned a little bit uh, a few minutes ago. If you do not follow their rules, it could be considered in foreclosure and they have the right to sell the house so that they get their proceeds for the reverse mortgage. There are a lot of scams. This is huge. There are a lot of scams around reverse mortgages. People take advantage of clients that are older who might not understand all the bells and whistles and moving parts of a complex decision and a complex product like a reverse mortgage. So again, I caution you, make sure your family knows what you're doing. You've discussed it with them. I I cannot reiterate enough that making sure you write down your question both before the meeting and after the meeting, and you take those to your trusted counselors, your trusted advisors, tax uh, planners, CPA, whoever it is, so that you really understand what what's going on and be weary of those random telephone calls that you get that's promising you promising you these glorious reverse mortgages people use these as a scam so be cautious finally potentially good candidates those who intend to stay in the home for a long time and those needing money for everyday expenses those two would be probably the best fit for Bad candidates would be those planning to move in the near future, those who may have to move to a facility due to uh, other health concerns that may pop up, or those who can't afford to pay the property taxes, HOA fees, homeowners insurance, those routine maintenance fees and expenses that come along with owning any kind of property. So we've gone through this very, very fast. Um, I will have a blog and a show notes that you can find on this reverse mortgage at whatthewealth.com. So you will be able to find more detail. You can re-listen this podcast. 
You'll be able to find more details around reverse mortgage at whatthewealth.com. Again, I want to make sure that I really emphasize that uh, I am not an expert in reverse mortgages at all. I'm not advocating for reverse mortgages. Could they be a tool? Sure, absolutely, they could be a tool. Are they for everyone? Absolutely not. You have to do your due diligence. Make sure you're speaking with your family members, you're talking with your trusted professionals to make sure that you are evaluating this and you are seriously considering it. And I know I've talked about that a lot. I just want to make sure that I'm extra cautious and careful when I'm talking about something like this, because it is a very, well, we touched on it not long ago. It is used as a scam. And so what this podcast was, was to try to provide some clarity around even what a reverse mortgage is. Because I get a lot of people that ask me, and some people just kind of casually, well, I can get a reverse mortgage and, and do blah, blah, blah. And it's not that easy. And if that's how easy you're trying to make it seem, it's, it's probably not a fit for you. Again, I will have show notes with a blog for the reverse mortgage. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. We'll have more coming your way. Thank you for listening. Create the life you love. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.